Hello there. Barry Smith here of Fingal Libraries, welcoming you back to another episode of Fingal Libraries' podcast of many things cultural and anything else that takes our fancy. Today, we shall have a look at one of Ireland's top women who has the distinction of being both a goddess and also a saint. Not an easy thing to pull off by any stretch of the imagination. We are, of course, talking about Bridget, or Breege, to give her her Irish name. And her feast day is fast approaching, the 1st of February. So let's have a wee gander at one of Ireland's patron saints and powerful goddesses. The goddess and the saint are two sides of the same halo. So let's start with Breege's life before her Christian makeover. Breege was one of the two of the Danon. You remember, they are the race of demigods that inhabited Ireland before humans came along and forced them underground. Her father was none other than the Dagda, the chief god amongst the two of the Danon. So Vrij is an extremely important and very powerful goddess, and her name expresses this as it means exalted one. As such, she was the goddess of healers, poets and smiths, all believed to be magical professions, to be respected and feared. It is no small post to be the patron of poets, who could rival kings in terms of respect and influence in early Ireland. This triple aspect was common amongst gods and goddesses, and Vrij herself would have been skilled in these crafts. We are told that Vrij looked after an apple orchard in the other world. Apples symbolise magic, healing and wisdom. She was the keeper of herbs, flowers and bees. These demonstrated her knowledge of healing and the inspiration she provided to healers. She is also the goddess of fertility, childbirth and animals. Her own animals she even gave names to. So she was a much-loved goddess owing to her compassion. Her connection to fertility and life itself associated her with water and wells, a trait that followed her into her Christian form as her holy wells were and still are revered. This idea of fertility and new life, combined with her role as a fire goddess, ensured her place as the goddess of Imbolg. Imbolg, that ancient Irish festival which celebrates the return of the sun to the land and the beginning of spring in early February. It is known as a cross-quarter day, a midpoint between the winter solstice and the spring equinox, the other three festivals being Bealtaine, Lunasa and Samhain. Imbolg was a vital time of the year as it marked the decline of winter and the hope of a new spring. The importance of this goddess cannot be overstated. She encouraged new life to grow each year, without which would spell ruin for all. Such is her importance that Vrij may in fact be another name for Dana, the mother goddess of the Thua the Danan, the Thua the Dana, the people of Dana. So whether she was or wasn't this pre-eminent mother figure of Dana, she was certainly a powerful mother figure for the people. As with much of our mythology, there are various accounts of different stories. One account notes Vrij married to the half-Formorian prince Bress. Bress became king of the Thuadadanan and allowed his people to become subservient to the Formorians, paying tribute and taxes and generally having a rotten time. Anyway, war erupts, as it often does in Irish mythology and indeed our history, and Vrij's son Rudon sides with the Formorians. He sneaks into the camp of the Thuadadanan with the intention of killing the smith god named Govnu. As Govnu was busy making spears for the upcoming battles, Rudon picks one up and casts it at its maker. The spear pierces Govnu, but the smith pulls the spear free and launches it back at Rudon in repayment, killing him instantly. When Vrij finds her son's body, she begins to keen or wail, 
and that is the first instance of keening or lamentation in Ireland, so we are told. Prior to this event, Breege was a patron of warriors, owing to her forging of weapons quality. After this episode, however, she seems to have turned away from warring. This goddess would have been of supreme importance to her ancestors. So when Christian missionaries came a-knockin', diligently informing everyone that the pantheon of gods that they had held sacred for millennia are charlatans in the face of the one true god, people were willing to listen, but not willing to give up their cherished goddess. The malleability of Christianity in Ireland is how it succeeded in taking root here. So Vrige was not cast out with the rest of the gods. She was Christianized. The mantle of the goddess was placed on the shoulders of the new saint. Vrige's conversion, whether willing or otherwise, came soon after Patrick himself was here. In the early 530s, the Church of St. Bridget was established with St. Vrige as its patron. Testimony to Vrige's importance as she slotted into her Christian mould is one of her more common names in Irish, Muev Christ, which means foster mother of Christ, placing her on near equal status as Mary herself, and certainly more important than St. Patrick. It seems that St. Vrige continued her mother goddess role for the people of Ireland, just in a slightly different guise. Seemingly becoming disassociated with her more magical goddess attributes, she became the patron saint of farm work and cattle in particular, as well as being known as a protector of the household from fire and disaster in general. However, we can see strong links here with her past, because as an infant, Vrige was fed the milk of a sacred cow from the other world so she is still often associated with cattle and milk. An interesting point and possible clue to her origins lie in the story that a woman named Dorludacha was a close friend of St. Vrige and resided with her in the holy community in Kildare, even sharing her bed, we are told. When Vrige died, Dorludacha became abbess of Kildare and her feast day is the same as that of Vrige, the 1st of February. This close connection has led some to wonder if Dorladacha was in fact the original name for the goddess Vrige, since the name Vrige itself is a title, meaning exalted one, rather than a name proper. In typical Christian Gaelic fashion, it was impossible to completely sever our pagan past, and as such, we have early Christian poetry referring to Saint Vrige as Vrige Murgin Natina, or Vrige Conception of the Waves with waves and the ocean being of great symbolic importance of external forces and the other world. She was also known as Vrij Slua, or Vrij of the Immortal Host, and Vrij Non Sitokshan, Vrij of the Slim Fairy Folk. It is incredible to think now of the Church not only admitting the existence of fairy folk, and by extension, our ancient gods and goddesses, but to actually maintain that association with one of their new saints. This is a great example of the flexibility of the early Irish Church, and how it had to work with rather than supplant the existing indigenous beliefs. It also speaks volumes of the stubbornness of our ancestors to let go of their long-held views and traditions. When the goddess was born at sunrise, a tower of fire erupted from her head and reached towards the skies. She was known by many names, such as Vro Saigeth, which means fiery arrow. This fire association made her the obvious patron for smiths and their magical forges, where they transformed raw material into objects both mundane and wondrous. Vrige's connection to the flame was another element that transitioned over from her pagan to her Christian status. Christian Vrige had an eternal flame at Kildare, where it was supposedly tended by 19 virgins who were known as firekeepers for a thousand years until Henry VIII suppressed the monasteries, 19 being a sacred number for Vrige. 
and since 1996, the flame has been rekindled and remains burning bright in Vrija's honour. Her main connections are to Kildare, where she founded her most famous monastery, and Fogarth in Louth, where she's said to have been born. She founded many monasteries, and many more places bear her name. There are over 40 Kilbrides in Ireland, which mean Church of Rige. Today, several traditions are still practised throughout Ireland that honour Vrij. On Imbolg Eve, the 31st of January, it was customary to leave a piece of cloth or ribbon outside, and on that night, Vrij would pass by and bless it. It could then be used to cure headaches, sore throats and other ailments throughout the year. They are known as Vrat Vrij, or Vratog Vrij, St. Bridget's Mantle. Girls used to make a Brijog, or Little Brij. These dolls would be adorned with pretty things and brought from house to house as a sort of parade. The doll, representing Brij, would be treated with respect, and small tokens and treats were given to the girls as her guardians. Of course, we can't not mention that most tangible aspect of Vrij's memory, a Bridget's cross. Made of rushes with a square at its centre, it is believed to be a Christian symbol. However, there are many ways to make the cross, including making only three arms instead of four. The three-arm version could well predate Christianity and represent the triple goddess Vrij, patron of healing, poetry and smithcraft. The cross is hung above your door, your hearth, or indeed the cattle briar or stable to honour Vrij and to protect against fire, storm, lightning, illness and epidemic throughout the year. Perhaps this year is as good as any to renew one's relationship with this most healing goddess and saint. So as you celebrate, acknowledge or simply become more aware of St. Vrij's Day this year, know that in some shape or form you are leaning into an observance, an honouring, a feeling and an energy that our ancestors have celebrated for millennia. Only the simple concept of time is what separates us from commemorating this festival with them. Ogashine. It should be noted that all views and opinions expressed in this series are solely that of me and not of Fingal Libraries. So thanks a million for listening. I'm Barry Smith of Fingal Libraries and I hope you'll bring yourself to tune in next week for another thrilling episode. Slongafoil. foil.